Hey everybody, welcome to an awesome special episode of MC Vocal Fry. This week we're happy to air an episode with Dr. Paul Hotailing, who's an awesome friend. He's a great guy. We had an awesome chat with him. Paul is a professor of voice at the University of Alabama. He's also a wonderful bass baritone. And we'll talk a lot about uh, him himself and his own performing activities and teaching activities. Also, he is the director of Druid City Opera Workshop, a young artist program for those of you who might be looking at a young artist program. And we were really thankful that he took time out of his busy schedule while he was in town doing Pirates with Mississippi Opera to sit down with Sarah and I and chat for for an hour and we were very grateful for his time and we're very excited to close out 2017 with our first ever Vocal Fry guest and so here we are with our first guest on the MC Vocal Fry podcast many more to come Happy 2017, happy 2018, everybody, I should say. Happy 2018. I can't believe it's 2018 already. I hope everybody had a Merry Christmas this week, and we look forward to an awesome Happy New Year moving forward. I'll see you guys in 2018. You're listening to the MC Vocal Fry Podcast, your weekly dash of voice science, pedagogy, and pop culture, coming to you from the campus of Mississippi College in Clinton, Mississippi. So, um, you have a busy season, I guess. I mean, you're here. Uh Uh-huh. You're here now for Pirates with Mississippi Opera. Right. Major General, I'm assuming. Right, right. Yeah. You, you've done other roles in Pirates, I'm assuming. Um, no? no? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I started as a tenor, so in 1982, I just Facebooked about this. I, I sang Frederick. I'm sure it was terrible. Um, <laughs> and there's, there's no recording. And I've done chunks of the Pirate King. Oh, but for the last 20 sure. years, I've been the Major General. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, uh, Dr. Hotel and I met doing Mikado last right. fall, right. a year ago. Uh, and it was an incredible experience, mostly because he knew the show way better than I did. Because oh. <laughs> it was like his 25th time doing the show. Close, close, yeah. And it was my first. Uh, and so, and, and we still messed up lines. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> we did. We did. Uh, we had a lot of fun, though, and I was really excited to be able to get him to come, and, and I'm glad that Sarah, Sarah and, and, and and he are actually in uh, Pirates this fall. Sarah is also doing a small role in Pirates, yes. um, which we were excited about, and we've mentioned a couple of times. So what else do you have going on this season? I mean, you've got, you got this now. Oh, I well, think this. we're going to do Turn Dot together. We are indeed, yeah. In April. And um, uh, this is my last thing for the fall. Okay. Uh, I go back and... Be, uh, have some more guest artists at, at Alabama, then Amal the Night Visitors closes our fall season, and then the uh, spring of 2018 starts with the National Opera Association convention in New Orleans, and I become president of that organization on that, during that You conference. are? I didn't know that! Yeah, I'm, I'm currently president-elect, so that means I sort of um, take the gavel in the middle of that I see. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so I I'm, had no idea. Been working toward that, and um, lots of exciting things to talk about in that regard. 
Um, and then, you know, Turin died is in April, and there's a few other things between there. We're doing assembly at Alabama, uh-huh. and I had to have some teaching and some master classes on the road. I was just in Las Vegas doing a residency. I saw that. I remember yeah, seeing that on social media. Nice. Yeah, uh, Kim uh, James and I apprenticed together in Santa Fe in know. 03, maybe. Oh. I forget if it was 03 she just, or 04. She's just begun there. I observed yeah. her teaching, and I have it's on my to-do list. I have wonderful notes about wonderful lessons, and I'll type up a letter for her nice. file, which will be very nice. And uh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, we were. I was at their campus. We did a conference there in 2012, maybe. Um, it's a nice facility. I, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, the recital hall is great. Really beautiful recital hall. So um, you've been running now the program and Al- opera department in Alabama for over a decade. Almost Correct. Over a decade. I'm in my 11th year. Right. And so your season there this year is what? Semele, you said? We did uh, earlier this fall. Um, we work fast. Hmm. We did an evening of five American one acts. Oh, some awesome. As as, cool. Some as short as 10 minutes. And uh, the highlight of that, uh, well, there were many, many highlights. They're all wonderful <laughs> pieces. But when I saw at the National Opera Association Conference last January, Jeremy Gill's Letters from Quebec to Providence in the Rain, I was intrigued and mesmerized and confused. Very, very strange. <laughs> oh, that's piece. wonderful. That and sounds like a fantastic combination. Yeah. <laughs> it it um, was just br- wonderful. It didn't win. Uh, Tom Tapulo's new piece won. But many of us were really quite thrilled by that piece. 20 minutes in its entirety. So I built an evening of one acts around that. Oh, cool. And cool. everybody had roles, and, and including Samuel Barber's. I was the oldest. The Hand, Hand of Bridge. Bridge. Uh, and a piece uh, that's becoming sort of well known now, Mark Adamo, one of his early operas, 1999, called A Vow. It's a 10 minute Oh, I don't work. know that piece. It's a 10 minute opera in one scene, and uh, quite interesting music. It's before Little Women, it predates Little right, Women. Right, right. So it predates his fame, actually. Right, right. So yeah. because Mark Adamo has become Mark Adamo, people are rediscovering this 10 minute piece called A Vow, which is uh, built as a sequel to The Barber. And I sang in it because I, didn't, I don't have any oh. bass baritones in my program currently. So I played what's who is the called the ghost, which is actually David in a hand of bridge. So this is a throwback. Their their children are getting married, or not throwback. It's a, it's a flash forward or fast forward, uh, and a very 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 interesting piece. I'm glad I didn't, I need to listen to that because I I know hand of bridge. Good luck. You can't find a recording. It's oh. not out there. Oh, there's okay. no video and there's no recording. So, oh. yeah, and I said to my students, well, this is a good, this there is the go. way that happened in the good old days. Uh. Learn it. Good for you guys. So we had good, uh, Caleb Harris was one of the conductors and Christy Lee, who's at Starkville now. Right. So uh, she and my show, Caleb Harris, were our conductors. He flew in from Nashville because he's at Vanderbilt. He literally flew his private plane down to Tuscaloosa for rehearsals. It's very cool, very cool. Yeah, very cool. And Christy was just a 90-minute drive away, right, so that worked right. out really well. Yeah. So that was the season, um, and then lots of guest artists and guest teaching. Is the, my program is very active, very teaching-oriented, very learning-oriented. Um, a lot of good things have been happening. And we, we're, we just finished a really cool acting unit, which we'll finish today, stage combat, and um, ballet. Those are the three big, oh, wow. big units this fall. That's awesome. And then Nancy Mariah Balish is coming in a couple of weeks to do a mindful preparation kind of two-day workshop with us, which I think will be very cool because I'm enamored with her. And then we go into Amal, and Lori Rogers comes down every year to conduct and prepare Amal, which is a great treat for the students, brilliant coach. Yeah, sure. Uh, and a good piece to know. Yeah, exactly. We do it every year. It's become a, 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 a good nice piece to know. fan favorite. And then into um, Semele, preparations for Semele. 
Oh, yeah, beautiful With countertenor? No, all metal. So <laughs> okay. I wish I had a countertenor. I, I, I just just thought I'd ask. I have it. I have a tenor. He's going to kill me if he hears this. I have a tenor who has a beautiful countertenor voice, but he doesn't want to use it, so he sings tenor. He'll be one of the Jupiters. Sure, right. And uh, and then after that, um, right away in my first year, I wanted to ex- expand the versatility. So we do a show called One Night Only, which is now a jazz band, and it's all musical theater. Uh, a great fundraiser book. No, no, it's not free. No, okay. no, the fundraiser happened, and that has raised eighty thousand. Raises about eighty thousand dollars a year now. It's amazing. So I, the when, you told, when, you, when you told me that last year, I was just yeah. like in awe. Right. And last year it was only fifty thousand. This year it's upwards of eighty thousand. Oh my goodness! I won't gracious. Lie. That's the gross. That I'll net. We, we they spend a little more money out this year, but it raised a lot more money. In case so you were wondering, it does not cost eighty thousand dollars to start a podcast. Yeah, I. Yeah. Good. Good. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> But the one that only just part of our, our series, part of our season, and it shows versatility, and the chance to sing with a jazz ensemble like that is very cool. So we have some jazz, some pop, uh, even some light rock, and some good old good old standards and That's musical awesome. theater standards. And every piece is picked up by the jazz band, and we do it in one rehearsal and one night. Oh wow! One I'm night a- of rehearsal and one night of performance. Literally. No, that's (laughs) wonderful. I'm all about our kids getting to do because I mean Sarah was in Magic Flute this fall, but we haven't posted the cast list yet. But but we'll do songs. We're going to do songs for a new world in the spring. Oh, very nice. And so she and my other co-host were both Pamina and Tamino in Magic Flute in the fall, and they'll both they'll both be in songs for a new world in the spring. Lovely. Who's your opera director here? Currently, Mandy Spivak. <laughs> oh, it is Mandy. I, th- I think I read that. I think I yeah. saw that. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. So uh, we had a faculty member uh, resign um, for family reasons, mm-hmm. and uh, Mandy has currently taken over those those reins. Um, we're not exactly sure what, what will happen longitudinally. Great, great. But uh, she is currently done a very good job. Um, good, good. I'm sure. I with no very doubt. little budget. I mean, no bias at all. Right. Well, she studies with my wife, so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, me convincing Sarah to stay around, yes, she was excited about continuing her pedagogic journey with me, because she's sort of been with me doing our fancy, smancy, schmancy stuff mm-hmm. for a couple of years already. Great. But then she also had the opportunity to continue working with her, to, to work with my wife, yeah. actually. Did you do undergrad here, and then you stayed? Yes. Great. Because I did undergrad with Dr. Gein, who... Resigned, left. right. And then um, I had actually taken lessons with Dr. Spivak when Gunn was on maternity leave, and so I knew I liked working with her and definitely wanted to take I've, more. I met her. She, what's her maiden name? Johnson. Johnson, right. Yeah. Long hair. Yes, I met yes. her several yes. years ago. Sure. Yeah. Yes, and so, I mean, that was a huge part in deciding to stay here. Just yeah. A great. good team. Good, good for you. And it, and it gave me an immediately built-in lab assistant because well, she sure. already knew the, how to run the equipment with me. Sure, that's so great. So it made my life, it's it's going to make my life, when we finally get into data collection this year, it's going to make my Someday. life a lot easier. When that's that great. Happens. That's great. Well, we Eventually. just actually had another set of revisions today of come we did. through. Of and so we did. I've already wrote some of the responses. We'll get it. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so you. Also, in addition to all your regular activities in Alabama... Yeah, well, I'm not even finished with our season. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Please, 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 please. The season ends with a, a scenes program which is directed by graduate students because... Now, see, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. And we have a secondary doctoral concentration in opera workshop pedagogy and stage direction. And so the, a, a student directs them all. I just produce... Uh, students get the opportunity, seniors and graduate students get the opportunity to direct. Not everybody wants to or chooses to or, or feels they have that inclination or, or, or you know, the, or the gift to do that sure. or really dig in, but many do. So our, our closing 
scenes program every year is called Scenic Ventures, and it's all directed. They have to cast it, produce it, do the rehearsal schedule, they do everything. They have to pick the rep, and they cast it, and, and, and they just run the whole thing. And I show up and what watch, a great watch, opportunity. watch them direct. I'll troubleshoot, I'll help if they need, but they run into, you know, how, oh my God, scheduling the rehearsals, all that sort of stuff. How do you do a rehearsal schedule? So they do it all, and they work together as a team. Usually one graduate student will serve as to take the lead, kind of in organizing it all. And I do watch some rehearsals just to make sure that their rehearsal demeanor is good. I give them, you know, advice on the stage direction, all that. And then I watch the dress rehearsal and we do a performance. What? When we do that in, in, in about 10 days. We do that in 10 oh, days. Oh, wow. That's you know, too. And what a valuable opportunity for any of your DMA students who want to apply to a job yeah. where they want to see a video yeah. of something that you've directed. Right. Exactly. And, of course, I, we, we record everything. You know, I mean, so... And, and so many DMA... No, this is a huge topic out there. No, DMA is getting... Uh, DMA is in vocal performance but they're going to go get a job as an opera workshop person. Right. They have to have some uh, administrative experience, some direction, some teaching. It's not just about staging. Have you taught an acting class? Have you taught a little movement? What do you know about the curriculum of an opera workshop program? So my students, whether or not they choose to do that secondary, because the secondary is nine extra credits, it can slow you down a bit. Yeah. But it's great for the CV. It's great for the reference, uh, for, the, for their, their documentation and their experience, and they can surface more readily in jobs where they're looking for an opera person. You know, that actually, uh, that sort of idea came up on one of the Facebook forums that I'm, I'm on this week, actually, um, w with the idea that sort of gone are the days for most of us who are in academia where we can just do a thing. Mm -hmm. right. Like, for right. example, like, for, you know, you're, you're just an opera singer. Right. Or you're just a recitalist. Or you're just a stage director, or you're just you know doing voice pedagogy something. That's you right. really need some diversity in your portfolio. Absolutely, uh, it can't be a one-trick pony anymore because of all sorts of reasons. Economy, you know, uh, smaller programs need you to teach a little music appreciation, maybe a little music theory or fundamentals, and voice and diction. You have to be broader than just my DMAs. I'm only going to teach voice, you know, because the vast majority of Young people aren't going to go into a large school like that where they can just teach their own right. voice studio. They're going to need another skill set. You know, and that actually was an interesting change for me over the last decade in the paradigm of teaching voice pedagogy classes. Uh -huh. Because when I started doing that about, about 10 years ago, I was thinking that I was preparing my students to teach people like us. Mm -hmm who were singing or who were aspiring singers or right. whatever. Right. And and I've really changed that that focus to try to focus on a broader range of people they might teach. Right. Yeah, sure. You know, your high school a lot of, you know, mm -hmm. talking about teaching, you know, 13 to 18 year olds, teaching amateurs, you know, teaching amateur adult singers, mm -hmm. yeah. avocational singers. Yeah. We talk a lot about, you know, church lady oh, sopranos. Yeah. All the church. <laughs> mm -hmm. All the you know, but 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 broadening that horizon rather than keeping it just focused of sure. yes, let's create a model image of me. <laughs> right. Right. And and, uh, and so I think broadening that is that that's really great. Are you directing Semele? Yes. I didn't direct last spring's major show because I was doing Elixir in Birmingham. Right. So I had right. to let my production go. You my were preparing colleague. that when we were, were doing Mikado. Yes, that's right. 
That's right. And that went well. I was very Ooh, pleased. It was, it was a great experience. I love the company. And I was treated it's a well. Great show. Great cast. We had a great time. So I had to let that go. I couldn't be. Yeah, the pictures from that were incredible. I remember seeing good. them. Yeah, it was good. Good. Good people. Um, yeah. Um, and so my colleague Susan Williams, who is now doing a little more in opera, quite a bit more. So she newly elevated to associate director of opera. So she teaches. Oh wow! Of some okay. Teaches regular yoga classes and some audition classes with me, and helps with the administrative work. So there's now kind of one and a little bit of somebody else. It's just a, a small part of her load, but it's very, very helpful. So I'll direct Semily this year because I didn't do Merry Wives of Windsor last year. Right. Great. And I've sung Semily, and I've always said, I love the show. I, I think it's glorious and, sure. and gorgeous. And I just sure, sure, was sure. directing a handle Alcina in Texas over the summer, so I'm, uh-huh. in, I'm in a handle mode, which is not a bad mode to be in. No, a lot of recitative. Yeah. Which I love. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a different skill. Yes, it is. Yes. It's a different skill. They were very relieved that Magic Flute necessarily uh, didn't have that much recitative. I didn't have to that. do any. That was all Michael. Right, right. <laughs> Let him do away. So, in addition to the Alabama stuff and your singing and whatever, yeah. uh, talk to me about Druid City. So, you started you. this how many years ago? This will be, uh, 2018 will be its ninth year. Nine years? Yeah. I don't even think I realized it's been that long. It is, and I just finished a round of interviews and some writing. Uh, I'm very lucky that Classical Singer Magazine in the January edition is going to do a huge spread on it. Oh, fantastic. So that, that's, very, that's very nice. I'm very gratified. It's um, one of the um, uh, proudest accomplishments of my career and uh, that, that I was just given the opportunity to develop it and grow it. And some of the faculty have been with me right from the very start. It's a very training-based experience. It's just one week, very affordable. It does end with a performance, a scenes program. But uh, speaking of these forums, there was recently a lot of chatter on Facebook about summer programs, there always is. And there are all sorts of type of programs out there. If you're looking for a role with orchestra, there are dozens of good ones. But not everybody's ready for that. Not everybody can afford that. Not everybody has the time for that. Not everybody can have the four or $5,000 that some of these programs require. But, but but back to not everybody's ready for it. Your very first summer program may not be the one where you want to show up and do a full role with orchestra. Some people really need some training, some nurturing. Some people, uh, even if they're 19 or 20, or 27, 28, 29, need a kick in the butt, need a good warm hug of, of support and encouragement, wrapped in some skills that they've never experienced before, new outlooks, uh, new new viewpoints. Um, working with a new network of people, new friends, new coaches, new directors, and that's what's going to get them to the next level. So my, I look at my program, uh, the Dude City Opera Workshop, as an entry-level deal, yet for some it's their second or third program. They're just not figuring out how to tap into their skills, their experiences to get to the next level of young artist programs. Uh, and then for many, it's their first. So there's always a 19 or 20-year-old and in some years there's been an 18-year-old because the limitation is not by age, but you must have finished your first year of college. And every now and then there's somebody who's gone through high school more quickly okay. or something like that. Okay. And often, almost without fail, the youngest ones have been some of the more experienced and together ones. And so it's always sort of curious that way, but it's, it's just worked out. So I'm very proud of Druid City. It is a combination of training and performance. And at the, at the end, the scenes program, even though skills are featured, a little yoga is shown, you learn a dance routine and you perform it. There's improvised stage combat scenes. The skills that are worked on in classes become very real, very relevant, and they become performance. So it's not just 
oh, I'll take some dance lessons, but I'll never use that. No, I'm taking dance class every morning and I'm working on a 16 bar or 20 bar or a two minute song. We're gonna perform that. Uh, and you may or may not go on for to a career in dancing, but it will sure make your work as you walk across the stage that much more confident and that seeps into the whole body. The same with stage combat and improvisation and the, all the acting, uh, uh, different types of acting that they take during the course of the week. There's two acting teachers, so different focuses, different types of, of pedagogy being taught. Um, and we swirl it all together into a performance, not just trying to apply those skills to the scenes that they're working on and performing and coaching, but truly to be on their feet to do some monologues. Every is a little different Fantastic. depending on teaching it. And uh, so all the skills and all the classes are sort of demonstrated through a performance uh, viewpoint, through a performance lens during that scenes program. I mix it all up. You know, I, a couple thoughts on that. The first I thought I have is I think that's a wonderful thing that you guys Thanks. actually get them to monologues. Yeah. Because so many, I think, of the students who are music majors, mm -hmm. All of a sudden, might want to do SETCs or something like right. that, and they don't even know where to look to get a monologue. Right. We do monologues in our opera program at Alabama. At Druid City, uh, depending on who's teaching that, that particular unit, they are uh, monologues that they themselves have written. Oh, that's through the fantastic. Through the, through the course of two or three days, they create their own monologue. It can be personal. It can be about them, or it can be about an, a dog, or it can be <laughs> about a character they're working on. Why is it always about a dog? Oh, it can be a cat. Sorry. Cat no, person. he has a weird thing with dogs. Like, do. the, the green dog song, I they promise keep, They you. keep referencing that in my early years of teaching... We could look up a whole bunch of studio videos from like my first few years of teaching, and uh -huh. I taught. Apparently, I taught the Green Dog a lot. Every video, every video. But is maybe that was green because I had a lot of freshman Mio sopranos. That could be. It could be. <laughs> but it's either the Green Dog song or Carl Mio Ben. It's every time, it's a guarantee. Like it's good, it's good I would, lit, though. I would Very good. Money. Very good lit. <laughs> bet money on it. But there's good characterization in the Green Dog. Absolutely. It's cute. I have Absolutely. to actually make some choices. And That's I'm sure right. Those Girls have not sung the song multiple times, so it's cool. Uh, uh, now, so a, qu a question about Druid City, just yes. to clarify for any of our listeners, because yes, this please. is a thing that I know a lot of times collegiate voice teachers who are considering sending their students to programs might either want or not want. So do they get voice lessons while they're there? No. I think that is Definitive, no. fantastic. I don't, and I don't like programs like that. First of all, it's a week. It's a and, week. You know, what are you so going to do in a week? There's no, there, and the other reason there's no time. Everyone gets coachings. Sure, sure, and sure. And in some, in, in every year, there's three or four students who come to Druid City who have never had a coaching because they're at a school without a dedicated right. coach, and there are many, many of those. So they learn what a coaching is and what its what its lesson is. But we do not offer voice lessons because we don't want to monkey with somebody's technique. You can you can help them through the course of a coaching and through through the characterization of a scene rehearsal and musical rehearsals. But so the answer is no. I don't believe in that model. I don't love programs I'm gonna, like this is going to make me sound very unpopular I think coachings are more worthwhile now if it's a 14-week program or super super long and perhaps they're not required because students sure. you know, have enough they're working with their teacher whether it's at school or whether they're out of school they may not want to go ahead and get their technique messed with particularly while they're doing a new role uh, and right. doing a number of other things yes I believe they should be they should uh, you know opt out of it now if they're open to it and they want to have a lesson with this new teacher or one or two lessons with this person, one or two, that's fine. And everything, everybody is different and every program is different. For me, for a nine-day program, no voice lessons, coachings. I coachings. love it. I, I love yeah. it. I you think that's great. Your, their head, you know, here's a student, young student who's doing a new scene and it, maybe it's, it's challenging for them, not out of their reach, but challenging. 
It's one thing to have a coaching and they're helped on style and diction and interpretation. You get a voice lesson there and someone starts monkeying with their tongue position and their jaw or their vowel or their registration, whatever stuff teachers use. It can just confuse them and it's going to be too much information and it could really hurt the process of the week rather than help it. It could also help. I'm not saying it would not be helpful. Well, on the flip side, from from sort of my more technician world, I actually think that I'm finding myself more and more when we do studio class in that moment not talking about technique anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about trying to help them find more emotional thoughts, more physical thoughts, more mm-hmm. more things that have to do with the character. Right. right. Now, I will admit, because this is sort of how I teach now, a lot of the time I'm trying to coax a specific reaction out of them to get a specific acoustic result. Of course. But, <laughs> but, course. but. Affect always goes to something physical, like it'll raise the palate. Yes. Or you'll engage the zygomats. If you say, is that person excited? Is she excited because she's in love and she's seeing her boyfriend? What? That physical reaction well, will change the shape of the palate, the lower of the tongue. Hold it. Or <laughs> I, we could go on and on. Or a lot of the time, I'll use the idea for round vowels of them being surprised or shocked. Mm hmm. Yeah, sure. It's a shame. You know, I, I like you. Ken huh? Bozeman's book, and I take a lot of. I love him yeah. very, very much. Oh, yes, yes we know. We, we, we know Ken. We talk about him a lot. Yeah. Uh, he's a friend, and and actually, Ken. He uh, likes that. Uh, <laughs> oh yes, we we do oh that. Gosh, play it's his like you, It's like you sit in class with us. <laughs> <laughs> like you know. He's, well, he's from um, Columbus. Columbus. So he comes to Alabama fairly frequently when he visits his mom, who's still in Columbus. And he so almost, he told me this actually when I got this job, he almost did his undergrad at Mississippi College. Is that right? Really? It was his oh, second he's choice. Columbus, Mississippi. Okay, that makes more sense yeah. as far as coming. That's crazy. Yeah. Which is, I think, where the W is? That's correct. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yes, correct. it's over near, uh, it's closer to Starkville. It's right, it is. It's on the Alabama border. It's right. It's just really an hour from Tuscaloosa. But, well, anyway, so my, my, the thing I was going to say is actually, I think with what you guys do in Druid City, it could end up helping their technique of course. just by freeing them up physically just, and having yes. them engage physically absolutely, and emotionally absolutely. and facially. And, absolutely. You know, and so from that perspective, that's absolutely wonderful. Oh, hold on. We have a guest that needs to come in the door okay. to say hello very, oh. very, very quickly. Is this, is this your lovely wife? It, coming it, Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. Oh, there's a lot of other things. Oh, good thing. Oh, you're from here. Yeah, I'm just saying. Literally, just good to see you. You look beautiful. She has to go pick up our kids. Oh, that's important. You know what it is. I do. Tell Meg. Bye. Bye. She and I are actually doing a a cabaret for Jay in February. I saw that on the on the flyer thingy. Uh, that I made up the title for. Wait, what is the title? (laughs) Musically Ever After. About about two I don't cra- get it. about <laughs> two crazy about two crazy working musicians who happen to have kids and well, are both done working. That song and from Enchanted. They literally have a song that's practically titled that. Okay, well, I'll have, to, I'll have to look it up. I keep Fun joking edition. with her. Mm-hmm. I keep joking with her that because we're in Mississippi and we're doing it, we need to do an encore of the dumb Andrea Bocelli, the prayer. Because people will love it. Some people do love it, regardless <laughs> of the musical. I know I've heard it, but I, I can't come <laughs> up with the d- tune. It d- doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it, it t- totally Some irrelevant. Some people like it better with Josh Groban, okay? <laughs> oh, excuse song. me. Did I say the wrong papara artist? Yeah. 
Okay. Popera. It's a genre. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, now, last summer, you also did something in Texas, you said. I did. I, I Last summer, I worked for Red River Lyric Opera, which is another young artist program. I work at several of them. Are you going back there this summer? I don't know yet. You don't know I, yet. I, I don't oh, know okay, yet. I'm not, I'm not certain decisions very have good. been made. I was sort of a sub. There oh, okay. was a regular crew of directors, and somebody couldn't do it, uh, I think, I and I slipped in. I was very lucky to be there. I would happy to return, but I don't know yet. Um, I'm not even sure what repertoire they're they're planning. I, I'm not sure those announcements have been yeah. have been forthcoming. But I enjoyed a good experience. Now that's for slightly older, more experienced because that's a very quick process. Three weeks and a full a show role with orchestra, oh, wow. and they do three operas. And that's at uh, Wichita Falls, Texas, at Midwestern State University, a very nice theater. I don't know where that is. Decent facilities, um, very nice. Sure, Gracewood. And Darla Diltz yeah, runs right. that company. It used to be called Opera Breve. And they oh, had a name I've change. I've heard of that. I've heard of that. Okay. okay. They, they yeah. went through a name change. Very fine. Very, very different kind off. of experience. There are some master classes. Sure. And some guest artists that come in and out of town. And I did some classes as well. But I was very pleased to direct Alcina. A uh, lovely cast of, of excited young artists who really dug in. And we was double cast most roles. I made a great time. Great that's time. awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Every show that's gets awesome. one, per- every cast gets one performance. So. That's nice. Yep. Yeah, I, it's a good, a very good program, very strong program. Fantastic. Now, uh, w- before I forget, because I wanted to deal with this while we were dealing with Druid City, what's your website? Oh, oh, the important thing. Yes, <laughs> uh, the Druid City website is off of uh, the Opera website at Alabama, so it's opera.music.ua.edu, <laughs> and you'll and you go to Opera, and you'll see Prog, you'll see Druid City. Or you can simply Google I was gonna say they can probably Opera Google Workshop it, right? and it will come That's up. What gonna but do. it is opera.music.ua.edu. Choose Opera, you'll see Druid City, and then there's much, much information on the Druid City page. But it's off of the Opera page of the Alabama University of Alabama School of Music. Okay, great, great. Um, you know, thinking of, uh, you were saying about your colleague Susan doing some of the opera stuff. Mm-hmm. She and I have never met. We know people. Did you cross in, at Miami? We know so many pe- of the same people. Right. And I don't think, it is, to my knowledge, she would confirm this. I don't think we've ever actually met in person. Um, I, I we've we've crossed paths a bunch of times, and I don't think ever actually just. What do you know? Been exactly in the same place at the same time. Well, David Taylor, of course, is on our faculty as well. Yes. And they were at Miami at the same time. He was a student and she was an adjunct faculty member. Right. Now, David, I know. Yes. Um, David. He says, hey, by the way. Uh huh. Hello, hello, David. Um, we'll go back to Star Wars here in a second. Really? Um, <laughs> I should have him on the podcast, Sarah, because he is a... I've met him. He, he was oh, at Songfest this summer. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I completely forgot you had told me I mean, that. it wasn't a lot. Like, he wasn't somebody I, I interacted with a lot. But, like, I met him. We're Facebook friends. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Well, isn't but the whole world Facebook friends crazy. now? Crazy. Yeah, well, it's I just funny so. how, like, I mean, I've only done two programs, but you start meeting people. Who know what was the other one you did? Fava, Franco-American. Oh, sure. I think sure. they changed their name, too, actually. They, oh, they did. oh, they did? I didn't know that. So they William did. Lewis, because they added... That's right. They added an Italian summer program last year. So now they have one in Austria, France, and Italy. Oh, I didn't and know And so that. I guess it didn't make sense to be the Franco-American or Austrian or whatever it was. But I actually, a girl I met there did Druid City last year, and I was mm-hmm. like, what a small world There were three or four Druid City, former Druid City people at Songfest. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just at this point, over 185 singers have come through Druid City. That's wonderful. Over nine years, yeah. Well, That's I wonderful. Love, I love how long Druid City is. Like, nine days. 
That's perfect, because yep. I mean, as and far as... And almost everybody goes on to do another summer program, because it's, this year is May 16 through 24. Oh, how oh, fantastic. With anybody. But like, as how far fantastic. as like affordability, like it's one thing to not be able to afford the fees that go along with so many young artist programs, but also yes. like a lot of times you can't afford to give up a month or that's six right. weeks out of your right. summer, because... Right. Well, sometimes folks have to work. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean that's great. Like, we're, filling a, we're filling a niche. It's quality. Um, that's a... Yeah. Quality thing. Thank you. I think so too, and a very affordable and um, so we're talking about Susan Williams and you've never met. One oh. of these days you'll have to meet. Uh, David, um, he collaborates a lot with a friend of ours, Emily Chua. Right. Yes. Who was actually just here? Is that right? Mm-hmm. A week ago to play a recital with Mandy and I. Oh, what do you know? Uh, and so we and they did, know each other. Do you all know each other from the same place? Well, David and Mandy and Emily all knew each other from Virginia Arts Festival. That's they right. all used to do the John Duffy Composers Institute. That's right. Which is actually where I met both of, of the other two, other than my wife as well. Because uh, I would sometimes I would go and I would take the kids and you know while Mandy oh. did her rehearsal thing and right. whatever. Right. Right. Uh, so that's how they all knew each other. Um, but Emily was just on campus. Actually, she did a really nice thing for our other podcast host because she and David had been doing Young Man's Exhortation mm-hmm. and Michael our other co-host yep. is doing Young Man's Exhortation on his recital in April oh how great and so they ran it she coached him a little bit and they it's ran so it and talked great. about some of the things that she and David had talked about and, great so very good, uh, good. It, was, it was really it was, it was really and nice Michael's a student here yes yeah he's, he's my student. other uh, he's, he's one of our other graduate students he was afraid of me he didn't want to be here with me he actually I, is Waiting tables right now. Really? <laughs> Speaking of jobs, yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, he is he is serving an, a, a new lunch quesadilla that they just launched Very nice. this oh, week. Is so. this my mic, by the way? Is yes. Yeah. Oh, oh yes, cool. it's picking you up. It's been picking up the whole time. Wow. Nice. And I, and I mix it all down and 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 get it all. He makes it sound all nice. Makes me sound good. Minus well, the first. It's taken me two, a few weeks to three. get it. Well, and and this week's is even better. This week's Yay. is even better because this week. We actually ran through a compressor a couple times, and Probably so it sounds yeah, it sounds a lot week, better. Like all of a sudden, like fifteen minutes into the podcast, it my computer like had gone to sleep, and it, we lost a bunch of audio. Oh no! Oh, it no. was it was fine. We still had an episode. It well, I hope you haven't lost a single thing that I've said. Oh no! Oh. No 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 no! You're you're completely on here. We haven't lost oh, a moment of today's now. show. I mean, yeah, we've been at this for two whole months. There you go. <laughs> For Which for some podcasts is two months too long. And this is my first podcast. I don't even know what a podcast means. You're not a, you're not a big podcast guy. No, I wasn't no. either. I tried to well, get us to do. Well, you know YouTube. what's interesting about about this this format? I'll tell you why I like it because I actually really haven't talked about this on the podcast much Here at all. Go. Is I got into podcasts only about two years ago. I mean, I, I've only been into them, and I mean, the form is well over a decade old now. Yeah. I mean, it was created for iPods and, and whatever. And they have different, there are different sort of podcast genres. Mm-hmm. Like some of them are more like just news-based talking head kind of things. Mm-hmm. Like the New York Times has a really popular one now called The Daily. That's like an everyday five minute or seven minute, just here's what happened, here's what you need to know today. Uh, and it's very sort of like a five minute NPR Mm-hmm. quick kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There are other podcasts that are um, the continual story. One of the really popular podcasts in podcast land is the Serial Podcast, which has now launched a bunch of other podcasts. Right, right. And that that is an actual story right. th- that's What's happening. Cool. Sort I've of listened like, to a couple of those. Sort of like 1940s radio almost, or, you know, yeah. 1930s right. radio, yeah. 50s mm-hmm. radio. Yeah. Uh, so so that, that's another thing. Um 
I guess if I what what, what really got me into podcasts was actually listening to the Nerdist podcast, mm-hmm. um, which is a comedian named Chris Hardwick, and he used to have some guest hosts, but it's really just he and then a, a sort of a celebrity coming in and having a conversation. And it's fun. Uh, yeah, they're pretty cool. Well, and the, here's what I love about it. What I love about listening to them is the conversation feels like it's happening inside your head. Because most people who listen to podcasts listen to them with earbuds in. Right. And so when it's really just this conversation that's happening inside earbuds, I actually sort of think it's about the most intimate form of media that there is. Mm-hmm. And uh, cool. one of the things that Chris talks about a lot, f- weirdly, I mean, I guess for a comedian to be talking about this, but as a performer, he talks about mental health issues a lot. And like just last, That's true. I didn't even think about that. Last week, I was sort of talking about the fact that my seasonal affective disorder had kicked in, and so I needed to start taking vitamin yeah, D, and I have because this week daylight saving. Because saving, daylight yeah. saving is time. daylight killing time. We all grew up saying daylight savings time, but we've been corrected now. Daylight oh. saving time. I, did I didn't not know that. Realize that. Where did that come from? It's always what it's called, but most Americans call it daylight daylight savings. Yeah, I think uh, that's what I always thought it was. No, daylight saving. I just heard time. that on the mm. on NPR or something last week as we Fancy. went through this. Saturday See, night. that's fantastic. So anyway, and there are, and and I think the thing with the podcast that we've tried to do is we tried to find a niche because one of the weird things that that is true about my life in my sort of voice research, voice pedagogy, yet I'm also a singer, yet I'm a voice teacher, really, mm-hmm. is it's sort of hard to very quickly in like. 30 seconds explain to people what I do. Sure, of course. And I mean, you've seen my file, so mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's hard to explain to people really, really quickly what I do. But I think that one of the reasons I wanted to do this was that, that I could actually sort of give a lens to the different aspects of what we do. Right. Like this Friday's episode actually has nothing to do with our study. Sure. It has nothing to do. It's literally the entire episode is about imposter syndrome in academia, in singing, in... And, and how to overcome imposter syndrome. And what is imposter syndrome? I'll have to tune oh. in. I'll have to tune in. Just you <laughs> wait. This is like well, sort of the funny. idea that um, the fear of being found out. Uh-huh. Like that you're a phony. That you're really not who you say you are. That Got you it. really don't know the things that you really do know. Got or it. really aren't qualified for the thing that you're doing. You or feel really like you're faking it. You know? Right. 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 That like, kind does anybody of really know how to adult... Sort of these kind of thoughts that certainly that that you know graduate students certainly deal with, but even people in the academy often deal with. Sure, you know, and 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 I I thought it was it it ended up being a really nice conversation. That's great. Uh, So so we take different forms. I mean, uh, last this in a number of weeks we'll have an episode come out from last Friday where we spent thirty minutes breaking down season two of Stranger Things. Which I've, which I've started. I've oh, started. fantastic! Season one it's or season so two? Good. Season two. Okay, oh, okay I've even seen better. episode Ooh. two of season two. Oh, wow. fantastic! That's you got to get on that. <laughs> it was we an ex- it was yeah. an exciting Friday morning. I bet. Uh, I bet. Only probably paralleled by the Friday mornings where Michael brings bacon. I love okay. bacon. He, the, the people over here at Pimentos, we have a little shop next door, and and they don't like it when he comes in on Friday mornings because he buys all their bacon. They do a good deal. <laughs> They're great. like, no, we can't just sell you four sides of bacon. Well, it's where's not... my bacon? Where the heck is it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's, he's serving people. He's, <laughs> he's serving bacon now. 
He is. But so anyway, um, the other reason we wanted to do it is because we wanted to sort of have a recruiting tool for our program so they could see sort of the work that we're doing and heading towards as sort of our focus for my grad students because our program is very niche. It's very niche. And And it's small, although we currently have, what, six grads in residence? Uh, something like I that. I think that's yeah. Six, yes, that's right. Okay, that's good. that's right. Six grads in voice in voice performance and ped. And Great. I mean, for a program our size, that's a nice nice cohort. Um, yeah, considering that we only have the MM, and 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 we do not have the, the DMA. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, it's really been it's really been uh, a good way, I think, for us to be able to try to do a recruiting outreach without costing any money. Right. Um, and, and, and it's it's fun. I mean, we we do a full full confession. We nerd out <laughs> probably more 50% than fifty percent of the time, at least. Right. And so I've always told them my sort of goal in a normal episode is that we sort of spend fifteen percent of the time talking about like voice science or research, thirty five percent of the time trying to hit on art or singing or or, or something like this, Great. and then fifty percent of the time talking about popular nerddom. Got it. That's that's yeah. sort of uh, I do two of those. I, I'm not really a, I don't know much about voice science, although I admire everything that you do. So what what so we, we since you're here, well, so what shows do you watch? What what oh, what yeah. is your what is your we we want we want to know? Inquiring well, late, minds late want to know. TV is because we it's all Hulu or Netflix. Love Netflix. Hulu, right? Netflix, yes. Hulu. Um, uh, this is us. Is brilliant. My wife and I have watched the whole thing. Beautifully acted, beautifully written, very moving. Absolutely fantastic. The the episode from season one with about anxiety Mm -hmm. that 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 was Mm -hmm. just unbelievable. And now you know the very topical. Now clearly the the actor guy is having a a addiction problem to you know opioid medication. So very timely. Um, What else? Some of the. Standard that are just beautiful modern family is just ridiculously funny and always well written and well done. See, that's a show I want to watch because, like, I always see clips of it online and I'm like, that's hysterical. It's, that's something I would like. It's very, it's just very funny. We've watched it funny. for years, and then mm-hmm. the last couple of seasons we've fallen behind on that. Mm-hmm. It has never lost its freshness. It lost favor with the with the Academy. It doesn't get nominated for many right. yeah. Emmys anymore. Yeah. But quite funny. But I, I watch television all the time. I know. Well, the Academy, the Academy doesn't like things that are popular. Perhaps, perhaps. I will tell you what my guilty pleasure is: Project Runway. Ah. Fantastic. Except when they bicker with each other, I don't. I don't like the bickering. But um, uh, Frank and Gracie, because I'm a Jane Fonda. We, uh, yeah, my wife and I watch Frank and Gracie. Very Fantas- funny. Very funny. Very funny. Um, I watched. Le- I, I, the the Good Wife. It went off the air, but we started mm-hmm. watching every single season. That was beautifully done too. It was very intriguing. Very fun to follow. Uh, great characters. I love Christine Baranski. Um, there are some new shows uh, that are that are great and fun. Oh, you know what? You know, it was wonderful. Uh-huh, recommendation. It was Netflix produced it. Um, Nicole Kidman and um, Reese Witherspoon were producers, and they started it, and it won every Emmy. Big Little Lies. I, I, I have not seen that. I was telling them last week that I need to start watching Handmaid's Tale. That apparently is brilliant also. I have not seen any of that. I haven't seen, seen that either. That. Like, I had to read the book in high school, and, like, uh, that kind of did it for me right there. I enjoy Scandal. I know it's in its last year. That's uh, right. Yes, I never watched me, that. got a little shark jumpy. Um, I watched it early on. But early on it was terrific. Or, I, yeah. I don't enjoy it as much anymore. Um, That's kind of one of those things. Once you're into it, you just kind of... You, you want to see what happens with these characters, exactly. yeah. No, that's right. That 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 that's right. But TV for me is a late night. You know, when I'm on rehearsal until nine thirty or in, ten. In, indeed. Home, yeah. eating a late dinner, not very healthy. 
and then of course you park for a couple of hours of television. You know? Yeah, right. Yeah, Try to let your brain. Uh, and I like down. the I like the comedy, so I can go to sleep thinking about something funny and not worrying about. I understand that. You know, the murder of one of my characters <laughs> or something like well, that. Well, like okay, right. you're watching Stranger Things. I watched that the whole first weekend it came out to be completely honest the whole second season oh yeah along with oh, yeah. 315,000 other households yeah that's true but like I had to have like a palate cleanser after that I, I went and found like the stupidest most comedic show I could so is it intense is it intense straight oh yes season two get you ready get ready for that I found season two less intense than season See, one I felt like every episode they were trying to punch me in the heart like Scoop it out with a spoon. Yes, and but are on we it. referring to more the emotional stuff or the suspenseful stuff? Oh, emotionally, it was okay. great. Oh. See, Not so much. Suspense. I was talking about the suspense. Oh no, I'm talking about emotionally. Yeah. I felt like I've been beaten up and just left for whatever. Got it. But yeah. you know, if you enjoy that kind of thing, go yeah, for it. Okay. <laughs> Some good, of us just good to know. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah and I, Sarah and her boyfriend and my wife and my kids and I, we went to see Thor on Saturday because ah. that was like appointment viewing for us. Of course. Uh, can't miss that because I mean we it, 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 it's it's that kind of popular nerddom that Thor we Thor is a movie mm-hmm. oh yeah oh you're not in, you're not in the Marvel universe. yeah he's Sorry. not he's, I, 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 you're, you're not as on the nerdy side of things as we probably I do like Star Wars hey love Star well, Wars well that's appointment listen we've broken down every trailer as they've come out yes <laughs> Oh, I'm ready. Like, I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to be when it comes out so I know where to buy my tickets. Uh, we already have our tickets. Thank you very much. I don't know. I just when don't does know. it come out? Like, December, December the 15th. 15th. Oh, okay. Got it. I don't know. I don't know where I'll be. Well, that's, that's that not... That does make it hard. That's your problem, not, 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 not mine. It's very difficult. What a hard life I lead. <laughs> Sarah's, Sarah's boyfriend actually is an attorney and just got his first appointment in practice. Nice. Um, yeah. Very in nice. In the southern yeah. part of the state. So he's... Where uh, does he live? Um, Gulfport now. He oh, was okay. from here originally. Right, but right. We had congratulated him on his job. Yeah, I think actually that might have been the episode he listened to last weekend when was that not the I think that was his graduation from law school maybe no passing the bar passing that's the bar that's what whatever. it is whatever anyway. uh, okay so do you, do you, is there anything else you want to break down that you yeah. have upcoming up that you want to let us know about or let our listeners know about well no I'm glad you gave me a chance to talk about Druid City and I encourage people to pursue not just that summer program but the appropriate summer programs because it's really become quite an industry as I was writing about and talking about earlier uh, 25 years ago 30 years ago when I was coming up through these ranks, there weren't that many of these things we now it call It was like Grotz. Yeah. I mean, and you that was... Grotz and Aspen, Tanglewood. And that was it. Tanglewood back then didn't have any, any opera component. And Brevard was mm-hmm. around. Yeah. Uh, but now there are just a lot of really, really good ones. Right. And so depending like on your budget and, and your time and what you're looking for, what level you're at, what you're ready for, there's some really, really good summer programs out there. You do have to shop carefully, though, because I think, I'm not going to mention the names, there are also some ones that just take your money and uh, you don't get a whole lot out of it. Yeah. Both here and abroad. So one has to be very careful. Well, and we Teachers see a lot students. posted about those online yep. a yes, lot indeed. of the time. Yes, indeed. Yes. And there are plenty of ways to network now through appropriate and discreet places to find out what you need to find out about some more programs before you write that deposit check. Yeah. But yes. So I encourage anybody who's listening, teachers and students, to uh, be in the industry uh, uh, as, but as when they're ready for it. Then, of course, you graduate to getting paid you know, the, the, the major dream. AGMA apprenticeships, <laughs> the larger ones, uh, and then then, and then the, uh, those are major stepping tones, stepping stones to our careers yeah. as performers. So, but that, so that was a really good thing to talk about, and I love talking about my season at uh, Alabama, and I and and I'm here working as a singer. So I wear lots of hats, which is fun. I I, I 
for me, I don't look at them as separate careers. They all roll into one because everything benefits each other. That's I work right. as a director, I work as a singer, That's I'm right. a teacher, an administrator, a fundraiser, uh, a schmoozer, and all <laughs> of that sort of stuff. It just is what I do with my life in the arts. And I look at it as one great big career, little offshoots of one great big career that I don't keep separate. I do have separate websites for my stage directing work and my singing work. Um, and I'm represented now currently as a stage director. Uh, but And so that was uh, James Marvel's idea to have a separate marketing package, separate website for my stage director work. Um, but, but I'm just um, busy and grateful to be involved in the business t to the level that I am. Sometimes I'm a little too busy, but that's <laughs> the way it goes. I love my teaching. I love going away to schools and do th doing the residencies and the workshops and the level of teaching that I'm able to do. Are there uh, application deadlines for Druid City? Or March 15. Okay, it's so not until the spring. Process. Not until the spring. Do you have a graduate application deadline for University of Alabama in case? No, they're rolling. Okay. Uh, and we, and it, as long as you apply before your audition date, we are testing the waters this year with pre-screenings. Okay. We're suggesting them because we're moving toward them next year because we do have a large number. Sure. Um, and so we, we're going to adopt that model next year where we will have still the rolling deadline and the application deadline will be four weeks before the audition of your choice. Got so it. if you want to sing for us in March, first week of February, you should have the recordings in. We'll listen to them like that. Some people are doing them this year, so we're already getting our feet wet on, on sure. what to expect with that. <clears throat> sure. Listen, and if we say absolutely, uh, we'd love to hear this person live then they can invest in their tickets or their, their train course. travel, their plane travel, or, or sure. book, book their a day accordingly nice. to come. So uh, rolling, rolling auditions for graduate school at Alabama and d March 15 for uh, the two, three, uh, two selections, one of which has to be, must be an opera aria. Um, we get so many applications for Jude City, if there's something wrong with the application, it just gets sort of pushed to the side. If only one recording is attached, it's not looked at. If it's both song literature, it's not looked at. Very clear, very easy, simple guidelines. To send a resume and a headshot and two recordings, one of which must be uh, opera, uh, aria, or Great. serious. You know, if you can sing Poor sure. Wandering One, that will count your opera. Sure, 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 sure. But if, but if you're only giving me two songs and you don't have an aria recorded, that's an indication that you're probably not ready right. for an yeah, opera perfect. scenes program. Nice, nice. I can tell by your resume a little bit too. But if you still have no aria recorded, it's not a song program, it's an opera program. So I do need to hear that you can sustain an opera aria. Yeah. Best way to contact you for our listeners if they are interested in either of your programs or best way to... Oh, right through my email. It's very easy. photailing at ua.edu. You can figure out how to spell my last name. Great. Google's wonderful. H-O-U-G-H-T-A-L-I-N-G, photailing at ua.edu. Perfect. Love awesome. I email all the time. I get forty or fifty a day. And I wow. go through them. We uh, when I when I when I was thinking about the podcast this year and I was thinking about guests, I thought to myself, once I once I knew that you were in Jackson, I thought I have to get Paul on for a podcast. I'm thrilled. This will be absolutely fantastic. And this has been an absolutely. It's almost been an hour. Has it really? It, it has. It, it, yeah. has. Yeah. it has almost been an hour. Thanks, so, too, for letting me talk about the National Opera Association. I didn't get to say much. Uh, absolutely. But look at NOA.org, NOA.org, the National Opera Association. It's not just for people who work in opera. Many voice teachers who teach opera, it's for people who teach students opera, mm -hmm. directors, uh, conductors, uh, composers. It's for anybody whose who's world and whose who's pedagogy and whose artistic sensibilities touch uh, art touch opera uh, that there's something in NOA for everybody and it's really 
an exciting organization moving forward quickly, has great relevance, has great presence, and there are um, lots of energy. Our convention is in New Orleans, so not too far from here, January uh, 3 through 7 at a Lowe's Hotel in New Orleans. Uh, I encourage everybody to check out the National Opera Association. It's uh, very exciting and it's going to go forward faster and faster. Awesome. I, I Full confession, I need to join NOA. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> what are you were talking yes, about? Yes, you do. <laughs> you should, yes. Anyway, thank you for being My here. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. We'll talk to you guys next week.